Welcome to the Beautiful Minimal Intentional Living Podcast. This is your go-to spot for anything on intentional living. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage intentional living, whether that be through physical health, mental health, physical surroundings, personal belongings, etc. Guest speakers will include both field experts and clients with the intent to inform, uplift, and guide. Welcome. So this podcast is a bit of a ramble. I know I say that every time, but when it's something I'm passionate about, I just, I get a little worked up. And this is something that we have been dealing with for a while now. Um, I want to talk about intentional punishment. And real quick, I need to say, I by no means think that I'm a perfect parent. My husband and I do not have the parenting thing down by any means, but there are some techniques that we've been using lately that just go more hand in hand with the intentional life that we are trying to live and teach our kids and they have been somewhat effective. (laughs) I will say that I did do this podcast the day after my three and a half year old daughter and I had a really rough day. Um, So I'm not saying that this is, you know, the solution to any attitude problems (laughs) or whatever it is that you are going through, um, it just, these are some things that have helped us, like I said, given us some guidelines to be more intentional with our kids. So enjoy. I know punishment is a touchy subject because a lot of people have very, very personal opinions and it involves their children and there's discussions of whether it should be discipline or punishment it's often difficult to agree to disagree, but I'm just going to go ahead and dive into this a little bit today. Uh, I'll save the punishment versus discipline debate for another time. I just really want to focus on the topic of intentional punishment. This is also something that I'll be talking about more in the future with some other guest speakers as well, so super excited about that. In the past, I've talked about assessing one's love languages in terms of gift giving. One of the reasons it's important to know your child's love language is to have effective punishment and communication. So for instance, with my daughter, she's three and a half. We are surviving. Early on in our parenting, we hadn't really realized that the love languages can be a focus with children also. And so once we realized that our daughter's love love language was quality time, it made sense in so many different areas, one of them being punishments. For her, timeout is the most effective form of punishment. She goes to the timeout spot and sits for the amount of time that is her age. So right now we do about three and a half minutes. If she misbehaves while in timeout, we add more time. And trust me, this happens frequently. For timeout to be effective for her, she needs to be isolated. And it's because quality time is her love language. She is not going to want to do anything that could result in not spending time with us, but it's a process for her to learn that that is the consequence. For now, she thinks that she can negotiate or have conversations about it because that was too much of our focus beforehand. I think punishment of children is so difficult because when it comes to needing to be punished, they don't get a choice. They already chose to do the wrong thing and now there's a consequence. But the whole point of a punishment needs to be showing them that there can be different outcomes depending on the choices they make. We've been doing choice parenting lately, which is when a child is about to make a wrong decision, if we are able to intercede beforehand, 
we stop them and let them know what the possible outcomes are. For example, if you decide to respond to your brother taking the toy by hitting him, you will not only not get the toy back, but you will also spend three minutes in timeout. If you decide to talk to him about how that hurt your feelings and could you please have it back, you will most certainly get your toy back and we can all play together. What do you want to do? Do you want to sit alone or play together? If you are not able to intercede before the wrong decision is made, before the punishment is carried out, give them a chance. Let them understand the choice that they made was not the correct choice. Give them an opportunity to make it right then and there. If they don't, then the punishment needs to be carried out. The thing that a lot of people forget is that with most children, it takes several times for them to understand something. Just because they are smart in so many other ways does not mean that they can easily comprehend how to communicate their feelings with others. I'm 29 years old. I still don't know how to communicate very well with others. So we have to give them a chance to be willing to learn and to listen. If they're not willing to try to make the right choice after already making a wrong choice, then they need to go and sit in time out. Now, after you've presented the options of sitting alone or playing together, when they say what they want to choose, ask them why they chose that. Communicate about what they're feeling. Help them understand how to process making these decisions while also acknowledging their feelings. We've seen a real improvement in our oldest decision making, and it's helped us refocus on how we punish and communicate. Conversations with your children are crucial to punishments being effective and positive. After you communicate about their feelings and you talk about how they're feeling, also acknowledge how their action may have made the other person feel. It's a two-way street, and the, the earlier that they can understand that, the better. One of my favorite things about how effective timeout is, is that it gives both me and my child a mental timeout. It gives us a moment to catch our breath and calm down. After the timeout, we are both able to have an actual discussion without hostility or anger about what happened. During a timeout, I'm able to focus on what I witnessed and assess what the conversation with her needs to be focused on after timeout. So once I have a conversation with her and hear her feelings, I can then move forward with guidance for how to handle the situation next time. So say she hit her brother. I use that example because that's kind of how she's expressing her anger right now. <laughs> we need to talk about why she was angry and how she could use words, nice words, to talk about how whatever the action was made her angry instead of using her hands. I give examples of words that she could use that are kind but effective in communicating how it made her feel regardless of who it is she's talking to. I talk about different options and how the options she chose at that time were not acceptable because that's not how we treat people, regardless of how we feel. But then I also let her know it's okay to have those feelings. I understand how you were upset. I understand it meant a lot to you to play with that toy. And then you didn't get to anymore. And that was hurtful. And I, so I understand that. You have to validate your child's feelings because it's going to help them realize that they can trust you to communicate with them and help them talk through their feelings and realize that just because they have a feeling doesn't necessarily mean that you need to act on it, especially not the way that most children choose to act on their feelings. I know it may sound like a kid doesn't really take time 
to think about their choices and make decisions. And while that may be true, the majority of the reason why that's true is because it's what we teach them. We don't teach them to pause and think for a moment. So being intentional about punishment is not just about the actual punishment. It's about teaching them how to make a better choice moving and moving forward. It's also about being preventative. You need to have conversations with your children. Give them that first chance to make things right. And just help them understand what is acceptable and what is not. Don't make it about an actual punishment. Another great thing about time out is that it allows the child to realize that their life is not over. I know that sounds ridiculous, but any moms and dads listening, you know that when your kid has a reaction about a punishment, they often act as if their life is over. The punishment is the end of the world to them. A timeout allows them to see, okay, life's not over. It's going to be okay. I just need to sit here for a minute. Even if they are screaming the whole time, they are still having these thoughts. A child does not sit there and not have a single thought and just purely scream. That does not happen. Let them sit there. Realize that they'll get to talk to you about it in a moment. In the beginning, it's a little rough if you don't start out with punishments and whatever form is best for your kid, depending on their love language, there's going to be an adjustment period. For example, if you realize their love language is quality time and you need to start using time out, but your kid is four or five, you cannot start with four or five minutes. Start with 45 seconds to a minute. If they're doing okay, sitting in time out, add 30 seconds without them knowing. Never start with more than a minute to a minute and a half for the first few times. And then just gradually add on more time. And then once you are up to whatever their age is, start asking them, okay, you know you have to go into time out now. How old are you? Five, right? Okay, so five minutes. Then they become more aware and are reminded of how long they have to sit. And it gives them another factor to ponder when they are making a decision. Now, some of you may say, well, my kid likes to play alone, so quality time is not an issue here. So how can time out work as a punishment? It may not work. There may need to be something else as a form of punishment. Say their love language is gifts. Then you need to assess what are the favorite toys right now. They don't get to play with the toys or whatever amount for whatever amount of time you decide. Or they're about to go somewhere fun with their their grandparents. Okay. No treats. No treats on that outing. If acts of service is their love language, they love to help you make a meal or do laundry or whatever it is that they love to help you with, they don't get to do that. It's figuring out what is going to get the message across that you don't get to make the wrong decision and have a happy consequence. If you make the wrong decision, you have to deal with that. The wrong decision usually negatively affects someone, whether it's you and someone else or just you. More often than not, it includes someone else. They have to learn to take that time to pause to make the right decision. The language of physical touch is a little bit trickier. If you decide you want to use spanking as a punishment, you have to be very careful to not carry out the punishment the punishment right away. You kind of need to still take a time out. You need to give yourself a moment to make sure that you are able to have a conversation with your child about what they did, why it was wrong. We really don't like to use spanking, even though my son's language is physical touch. He also has SBD and it's difficult to communicate with him. So spanking has been something that we avoid because it's impossible 
to have a conversation with him about it first. We don't want to just be spanking him. It's also difficult if what the child did was hitting someone or being physical with someone. You don't want to follow that up with a spanking because it's hard to show them, don't hit someone, but I can spank you to teach you not to hit. Again, that's my personal opinion. Regardless of your child's love language, you have to make sure to take time, even if it's just a minute, to talk about how the situation needs to be handled and your child's feelings. If you're not having a conversation with your child about why the choice they made wasn't the right choice and how to make the right choice, then they're going to start inserting their own opinions. Now, it's great to have your own opinions, but once you're old enough to be responsible for your opinions, you need to be shown how to make decisions that lead towards opinions that don't hurt anyone in the process. Hence the reason why a child may be slapping another child for taking a toy away. It's most likely they haven't been shown other options that don't hurt others or how to make the right decision. I say the right choice a lot in this podcast. I'm still in the process of focusing on using different wording that I feel is more appropriate. And I caught myself towards the end of this podcast, but I'm not going to go ahead and re-record it. So I'm just going to insert in here. I think the better wording to use with your child is healthy choice, not just right choice. Sometimes, depending on your child, they may not care if it's the right choice. But letting them know that there's a healthy choice, both healthy for them and for others, is important because that is part of what intentional living is about, is being happy and healthy in life. And so try to focus on using that wording when discussing choices with your children. Being intentional about punishment is not just about the actual punishment. It's also about discussing feelings, how to work through those feelings without hurting others, and giving them the tools to make healthier choices in the future. to Beautiful Minimal's Intentional Living Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and check out my Facebook or LinkedIn for tips and conversations. Mm-hmm.